before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you to all our listeners. We've had a great response to our first two episodes, and we can't wait to hopefully share more stories with you. The best way for you to help make that happen is by subscribing, writing a review, and recommending Enigma to a friend who you think would enjoy it. Each episode of Enigma takes countless hours to research and produce. Without you or our sponsors, we couldn't do it. This episode's sponsor is Reed's Jewelers, your family-owned jeweler trusted for generations. You can visit them online at reeds.com. They have an easy-to-use, mobile-friendly website. Browse diamonds, fine jewelry, timepieces, and brands like Forevermark, Omega, Pandora, Alex and Ani, and much more. Stick around after the show for a jewelry story featuring our ancient ancestors. Now, on to the show. Buried treasure. For as long as there have been stories, there have been quests for troves of jewels, gold, artifacts, treasure. From El Dorado to the Holy Grail, individuals throughout history have sacrificed time, their own fortunes, and sometimes their lives in search of buried riches. Always believing if they just had one more clue, one missing piece of the puzzle, they'd find what they seek. Achieving wealth and immortality. In many of these stories, the journey is often as rewarding, if not more rewarding, than its conclusion. We desire the chase, the pursuit of the unknown, and a tangible, rewarding outcome. In these stories, the treasure hunter becomes our hero. We've created protagonists who exist solely to chase treasure. Robert Langdon, Laura Croft, and Indiana Jones. While these characters are fictional, not all treasure hunters are. Randy Bilyeu was one such adventurer from Atlanta. He began devoting himself more and more to a search that thousands of others have attempted and failed. The search for Fenn's treasure. Fenn's treasure is a fortune believed to be worth more than $2 million. It contains ancient coins and various other precious artifacts, and is supposedly buried somewhere in New Mexico in an ornate chest weighing over 40 pounds. This treasure was buried by an eccentric art collector who only gave one clue as to where he hid his riches. A cryptic poem in the back of a book he wrote. His words have been read over and over again by thousands of hopeful treasure hunters. Long enamored with the idea of this treasure, Randy spent countless hours researching the man who buried the treasure, Forrest Fenn, and the poem he wrote. Randy became increasingly obsessed and eventually packed up everything he owned and moved across the country in order to devote himself more thoroughly to this hunt. After many searches came up with nothing, Randy finally believed he knew exactly where the fortune was. A desolate and rocky stretch of the Rio Grande near Bandelier National Monument. He spent two weeks scouting the area, invested in upgrading his equipment, and set out to make his mark in treasure hunting history. 
On a cold January morning, the 55-year-old grandfather packed up everything he needed to continue his search and set off into the wild New Mexican wilderness. The year was 2014. It was the last time anyone ever saw Randy Billu. As far as anyone can tell, Forest Fen's treasure is still out there somewhere, waiting to be claimed. I'm Rebecca Knight, and this is Enigma. In any good treasure hunt, you must start at the very beginning. Who would bury nearly $2 million worth of Native American artifacts and gold and leave behind a poem is the only clue. The answer is Forrest Fenn. Forrest Fenn was born in 1930 in Temple, Texas. From as early on as he can remember, he was obsessed with exploration and adventure. This led him to join the Air Force during the Vietnam War. He was incredibly dedicated to serving his country and flew 328 combat missions in 348 days served. Once his service was over, Forrest decided that putting on a suit and sitting behind a desk all day was not in the cards for him. Instead, he settled in New Mexico, the land of enchantment, the land of Breaking Bad, and became an art dealer. He was soon finding himself at odds with other local art dealers. They often took offense to his business practices. You see, Forrest was a salesman, first and foremost, and attracted many high-end clients. These clients included the Kennedys, the Rockefellers, and some of Hollywood's elite. Fenn went on record saying that he was an outlier in the art dealing community because he deigned to make a profit. And make a profit, he did. He became quite successful and amassed a fortune. Yet, all was not well. The following comes from an interview with Forrest Fenn. In 1988, I was diagnosed with what everybody thought was terminal cancer. I lost a kidney, and my doctors gave me a 20% chance of living three years. Well, it took a couple of weeks for that to soak in pretty good, but then I finally decided, you know, if I've got to go, I'm just going to take it with me or take some of it with me. I've had so much fun collecting things over the last 75 years that uh, I thought it would be kind of neat for other people to have as much fun as I've had. And that, that prompted me to, to, to buy a wonderful early old antique treasure chest. I gave $25,000 for the treasure chest. And then over, over the months and years after 1988, while well, I started filling the treasure chest up with precious things. There are, there are hundreds of rubies and some diamonds and emeralds, two salon sapphires, and there are 265 gold coins. Most of them are American uh, eagles and double eagles. Uh, and there's a total weight in gold of 2.2 troy pounds of gold in the treasure chest. There's lots of hundreds of gold nuggets. There are two gold nuggets weigh more than a troy pound each. Uh, but there are hundreds of their pre-Columbian gold figures that are 1,500 years old. There's a wonderful 2,000-year-old uh, necklace with fetishes carved out of quartz crystal and other semi-precious stones and 
it, you know, it just goes on and on. The, tr- the treasure chest weighs 42 pounds, and it's just 10 by 10 inches square. Well, uh, I thought I was going to die in 1988 and 1989, and, you know, I had an elaborate plan to, uh, to hide this treasure chest and take it with me. You know, I, the, the story was ruined when I got well. When his cancer went into remission, he put his buried treasure plan behind him and went on with his life. But the idea never left him. Throughout the years, it remained, waiting until the right time. That time was in 2008 during the Great Recession. With cultural morale at an all-time low, Forrest saw his opportunity to brighten people up and get them outside. In 2010, at age 79, Forrest took two trips into the beautiful northern New Mexico mountains to get the treasure to its final resting place somewhere in the Rockies. In 2010, Forrest also published his autobiography, The Thrill of the Chase, which contains the now-famous poem purported to contain nine clues as to the whereabouts of his treasure. The search was on. Thousands of people have swarmed across the New Mexico landscape and tried their hand at solving the poem's riddle in search of the treasure. Every clue has led to a dead end. Every person who thought they'd figured it out left empty-handed. Almost seven years on, it's still anyone's guesses to the location of the chest. As the search continues, it becomes less and less about finding this trove of treasures and more about connecting with everyone else, exploring nature, sharing and testing ideas and theories, and discovering new possibilities and ways of thinking. The developing treasure hunting community and the thrill of the chase has brought people from far and wide to the New Mexico and Colorado areas. This is exactly what Forrest had hoped would happen. He wanted to ignite modern people's imagination and sense of exploration when it was at an all-time low. In an age when we feel everything has been discovered and our eyes spend more time looking down illuminated screens than marveling at the world around us. We have a problem in this world today with our youth. And I, I blame parents for a lot of that, those problems. I think they should get their kids out of the game room and off the couch and away from their little texting machines and get them out in the countryside, let them smell the sunshine and, and walk through the forest and scare up some squirrels and rabbits and find out what's going on with nature. That's my real goal. On Fenn's website, there are 12 blogs devoted to the search for the treasure, and those are just the blogs he's linked. Once you begin researching the treasure and where it could be, you quickly find yourself falling down a never-ending rabbit hole. Each of those blogs has more blogs. Each theory has more theories. Each proponent for one idea has an opponent equally just as sure. The treasure hunting culture has led to an annual Fenbury, held in Hyde Memorial State Park just a few miles north of Santa Fe. At the Fenbury, fellow seekers of Fen's treasure get together, compare notes, and generally have a good time. It was this sort of camaraderie that motivated Randy Bilyeu to move from Atlanta to Colorado in 2014. He decided to be closer to where the action was, to pursue the treasure more vigorously and not have to wait long months to build back up his resources to be able to search it out again. He wanted to be able to get out into the wilderness whenever a new idea hit him and put it to the test. 
he began exploring more and more often. His maps soon became filled with notes and markings from previous trips he made hot on the trail of Fen's treasure. On January 5th, 2016, Randy loaded up his car with his maps, some rope, waders, and some food, and strapped his newly acquired raft to the roof. On this particular adventure, he wasn't alone. He had his trusty companion with him, Leo, a little white dog who had been on many of these excursions. After he left, no one can say for sure where Randy went or what he did. Please remember when hiking in pursuit of treasure or just to get out in nature, it is important to know your own limits and stay safe. Do not do any activity that exceeds your physical capabilities or hiking experience, and it is always recommended that you have another person with you. Ten days later, Randy and Leo still had not returned. Linda Bilyeu became worried. Though she was no longer married to Randy, the two stayed in touch. With each passing day bringing no word from Randy, Linda became increasingly worried. When Linda didn't hear from Randy on the 10th day, she filed a missing persons report. People again swarmed the New Mexico wilderness in a search. This time what they saw was a person not treasure. They scoured the woods around the mountains where Randy had told Linda he planned to search. In less than 24 hours, they found his car at the top of a cliff. His treasured maps and food were still in the car, indicating that he hadn't planned on being gone for long, definitely not 10 days. The rescuers searched along the river in the ravine below where Randy's car had been parked. There, they found a deflated raft on the shore and Randy's little dog, Leo, alive and well. But still no sign of Randy. A manhunt ensued, and Forrest himself was getting involved. The last thing Forrest wanted was for someone to get hurt or lost while hunting for his treasure. Well, uh, it's not a good story. He's been lost in, in the uh, Rio Grande River Canyon west of Santa Fe. Today is the 25th day. And we've had as many as 50 people walking up and down those those canyons, and I've been in in the helicopters three three days, and it's a pretty sad story. We're still looking for the man, but it's it, we have three inches of snow on the ground here today, and it's still snowing. And our search people are people that have been looking for my treasure chest, but they all came together when this guy uh, was lost. While we had people come in as far away as Vermont to to, to New Mexico to look for this guy. He even chartered helicopter time and high-resolution cameras to increase the odds of finding Mr. Billu before it was too late. He would stop at nothing. Well, almost nothing. Linda eventually asked Forrest to give her the location of the treasure in hopes of pinpointing exactly where her ex-husband might be. Perhaps he had found the treasure after all, but was stranded, maybe injured from carrying it out. For Forrest, this was a conundrum. He deliberated on it. But in the end, he decided he could not tell Linda where the treasure was. He and only he knew its location. Perhaps Linda was using her husband's disappearance as a means to get to the treasure. 
maybe she and Randy were working together to fake his disappearance as a ploy to claim the treasure for themselves. Either way, Forrest knew where the treasure was and assured Linda that Randy had not found it. He was not there. She became even more upset after this answer, and Forrest recused himself from the rescue efforts, causing Linda to lash out and suggest that the entire thing was a hoax. She believed Forrest had manipulated a whole slew of people to chase after a treasure that doesn't exist, endangering themselves in the process. Is it possible Linda's theory is right? Is the entire thing a wild goose chase? And what about the poem, The Only Clue to the Treasure? It was published in his 2010 self-published biography, The Thrill of the Chase. What if the treasure is merely a marketing ploy to sell an otherwise under-the-radar book? The treasure has only ever been seen by Forrest, and there is only one other reported sighting of the chest the treasure is rumored to be contained in. Finally, the treasure hunters themselves say the key to the poem is to read between the lines. His book is the thrill of the chase. The chase not the treasure. Perhaps the treasure is the chase, and there is, in fact, no physical fortune in a chest. For his part, Forrest refutes the idea that the treasure is a hoax or a metaphor. He says the treasure is absolutely real. Those who know him personally have vouched for him as a man of his word. He has no reason to lie, he's still quite wealthy, and he donates the revenue of his autobiography to charity. As for the danger element, Forrest himself has come out with several additional clues in an attempt to dissuade people from putting their lives at risk. The additional clues are as follows. Number one, the treasure is located above 5,000 feet and below 10,200 feet, at least 8.25 miles north of Santa Fe, New Mexico. Number two, it is not in a graveyard or an outhouse, nor is it associated with any structure. Number three, it is not in a mine, tunnel, or cave. Finally, Forrest is quick to point out that he was nearly 80 years old when he hid the treasure, and if people are doing things that an 80-year-old man couldn't safely do in an attempt to find the treasure, then they're not looking in the right place. Time and time again, he has stated and restated that the treasure, while difficult to find, is not a dangerous quest, and he recently went on record saying that he could retrieve it now, at the age of 86, if he had to. That being said, Forrest is an accomplished pilot and outdoorsman. Perhaps he's overestimating the abilities of newcomers to the woods. Even with all these additional clues, the treasure still has not been found. But Randy Billu was. His body was discovered in the New Mexico backcountry alongside the Rio Grande. Even with his body located, it would take until March 1st, 2017, almost a year later, for them to close the case. There was no cause of death listed. No one knows what killed Randy. You see, all that was left of Randy was his skeleton, which is incredibly unusual when an individual has only been missing six months. Even more strange, he had no broken bones or any other skeletal injuries which would point to a definitive cause of death. To this day, his cause of death remains unexplained. Once Randy was found deceased, the outcry for Forrest to put an end to his treasure hunt grew even stronger. More and more people joined the New Mexico police chief and Linda Billu saying Forrest should retrieve his treasure and put a stop to the chase. 
Again, Forrest resisted giving up the location of his treasure, saying it would be unfair to the thousands of people who have spent six years or more searching, exploring, and creating theories on where it might be. There are those who support Forrest's position. One of those is Mitzi Wallace, who says that searching for the treasure provides her a fun excuse to spend time with her daughter out exploring the natural beauty around them. She believes without the excuse of the treasure, she and her daughter would be without the great memories that they have searching for a fortune out in the wilderness. While Mitzi Wallace and Linda Billy may be on opposite sides of the argument, they do have one important thing in common with each other. Both have lost their husbands searching for the Fen treasure. The following is from a sermon Pastor Paris Wallace gave to his church, Connection Church of Grand Junction. Heavenly Father, we just come to you now and thank you for our time. And we ask this right now that whatever it is in all of our lives, whatever that thing we're looking for confirmation in, that we would look to you to give us direction. May we be attentive and may we be looking for the answers that you have for us in specific areas. May we understand that we don't always have to understand. Because in that point, we have to trust. On June 12th, 2017, Pastor Paris Wallace of Connection Church of Grand Junction, Colorado, set out into the wilderness to explore some of the well-worn paths he knew from his own efforts to find Fenn's treasure. Perhaps he wanted to try a new idea, he thought, a new theory, or a new way to approach the clues. Maybe he believed he had finally deciphered the treasure's location from Forrest's poem. He was supposed to be back from his most recent search on June 14th for a family gathering. He never showed up, which was unlike him. Worried, his family reported Paris missing, and the search began. New Mexico Search and Rescue headed up the effort with a team of 40 people and search dogs, in addition to volunteers and Wallace's family. The team was aided by air support. The crews discovered coordinates on Wallace's laptop, and they followed these to an abandoned dirt road near the Taos Junction Bridge in Taos, New Mexico. There, they found Wallace's car. Inside, there were receipts for ropes. Sensing they were close and hoping to find him alive, the search team made their way to the nearest hiking trail. The team continued the search along the trails in the surrounding area and down the river. On June 18th, seven miles downstream, a team of rafters discovered the body of a male. This was later determined to be Mitzi Wallace's husband, Pastor Paris. Again, the New Mexico chief of police reached out to Forrest to get him to stop the hunt. The loss of life directly related to the chase he started had doubled. Forrest reiterated he'd find ways to make the chase safer, but he wouldn't dig up the treasure or give it away. Is the thrill of the chase worth it? Linda Billiou doesn't think so. Another family is left to grieve and carry on without their loved ones, she told the Associated Press in an email. Only one man has the power to stop the madness, yet he continues to pretend he's doing a good deed by getting people off the couch and into nature. On the other hand, Mitzi Wallace doesn't ask for the thrill of the chase to end. 
even through the tragedy her family experienced, she not only believes the treasure is real, she continues searching for the $2 million chest with her daughter. Perhaps out in nature, in search of Fen's treasure, they feel closest to the father and husband they lost. Let's pray. May you receive honor and glory for all the great things that you have done. And may we point to those as proof to the world around us that God is who he says he is. And he never changes, even when bad things happen to good people. God is still in control. And we ask today that you would move us through this week thinking on these things. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. People will always be searching for things within themselves and in the world around them. Maybe Forrest just gave them something specific to search for. Perhaps there isn't any chest of riches out in the wilderness of northern New Mexico or southern Colorado. Forrest claims there is, and he says to his knowledge no one has found it yet. And as long as it's still out there, undiscovered, he insists that he will not stop the search. The thrill is too much too great a satisfaction for too many people. On June 28, 2017, Eric Ashby, age 31, and some friends went rafting along a stretch of the Arkansas River, which winds its way through Fremont County, Colorado. Their goal? Find Fenn's treasure. Since he was a kid, Eric loved puzzles and riddles. Once he heard about Fenn's treasure, he dove in. It was a brand new riddle one he could seek through adventuring with his friends in the mighty Rocky Mountains, one that could even make him rich. While Randy Bilyeu and Paris Wallace were adventuring alone, Eric had brought his friends. Forrest's poem states it's too far to walk and mentions putting in, which is likely why Randy and Forrest and Eric all thought the treasure lay along a river. During Eric's rafting trip that day in June, the raft hit some rapids and flipped. Multiple people were submerged in the river. One by one, they surfaced, gasping for breath. Eventually, everyone was accounted for. Everyone except Eric. One month later, police found a body 10 to 15 miles further down the river than where the raft had flipped. It was Eric Ashby. The pursuit for Fenn's treasure had claimed its third victim. Despite three deaths in pursuit of the treasure, people continue searching for it. Perhaps the quest is the treasure we seek. The quest for the Holy Grail, the summit of the peak of Mount Everest, the first look back on Earth from the lunar landscape of the moon. 
Geocaching is becoming an increasingly popular hobby for this very reason. Though the treasures are pretty worthless by comparison, the point is getting out and about, pursuing something unknown, being a treasure hunter. This is no different. The quest is ongoing. Anyone could go out into the wilderness on a hike one day and discover an ornate chest buried in the dirt. Lifting it up and opening the lid, they could find ancient amulets, gold, and Native American jewels and treasures buried by Forrest Fenn in 2010. Their fortunes could change in an instant. It could be anyone who finds Fenn's treasure. It could even be you. But should you? Often in legends and stories, the treasure comes with a curse. This was true of many ancient Egyptian pharaohs, their curses plainly written in hieroglyphics in their tombs. The most famous of these curses is that of King Tutankhamun. According to legend, the death of up to 11 people on Howard Carter's archaeological team were attributed to the ancient pharaoh's curse. Other treasures from around the world are said to be cursed too, including the Kohinoor diamond, which is said to guarantee an untimely death for any male that wears it, and the tomb of Chinese Emperor Qin Shi Huang, which is said to be deadly. And even though archaeologists have found the location of the tomb, they still won't go in. Fenn's treasure contains Native American artifacts that I'm sure the original craftsman never intended to be buried as part of Fenn's treasure. So perhaps because of this, or the despair with which the idea of the treasure was born, or another reason entirely, Fenn's treasure is also cursed. Now I'm going to read the poem that Fenn wrote, the clue to the location of the treasure. We debated on whether or not to include the poem in this podcast, but we felt in the end, this story would be incomplete without it. Plus, a simple Google search will bring it up anyways. The team here at Enigma just asked that if you decide to search for the treasure, please be careful. Fenn's treasure has already claimed three lives within the last two years, and that's more than enough. Remember, an 80-year-old man buried this treasure and could still go get it. If you're doing something dangerous, you're doing something wrong. You are not in the right place. And please remember to take someone with you. Properly prepare and know your limitations. And now, the poem. As I have gone alone in there, and with my treasures bold, I can keep my secret where, and hint of riches new and old. Begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk. Put in below the home of Brown. From there is no place for the meek. The end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease. But tarry scant with marvel gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answers I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you've been brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold.
thank you so much for listening to this episode of Enigma. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like more information on Fen's treasure, you can check out our website, thisisenigma.com. We've got Fen's poem and links to all the treasure blogs you could possibly desire. You can also find links to our sources there. If you'd like to hear more of Enigma, then we need your help. Enigma is now on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Please subscribe as our subscriber count attracts more listeners. We'd also love it if you'd recommend Enigma to a friend or family member you think would enjoy it. Another way to help us is to rate us and write a review on iTunes. If you do, we'll give you a call out in future episodes thanking you for your support. This week we had reviews from Pirate Pony and Ryan Stubbs. Thanks so much to everyone who has taken the time to rate and review us on iTunes. It means a lot iTunes reviews help us attract additional listeners. This episode of Enigma was written and researched by Patrick Basquell, produced and edited by Alex Holscher, original artwork by Chris Vickery. Enigma is produced in Cape Fear, North Carolina. I'm Rebecca Knight, and this is Enigma. And now... A story we're excited to share with you from our sponsor, Reed's Jewelers. 75,000 years ago, people looked and acted very differently than we do today. They were nomadic and primitive. But we do have some things in common with our ancient relatives. We tell stories, just like they did. We use tools, though they are much more advanced today. We also wear jewelry. The first jewelry was made of shells and perforated ostrich eggs. Since then, jewelry has evolved to be made of gold and silver and feature precious gemstones such as emeralds and diamonds. People all over the world have worn jewelry and have been buried with it, from Chinese emperors to Indian royalty, Viking raiders to Native Americans, Celtic kings to African hunters. Jewelry is a tradition that has appeared throughout human history, all over the world, and one that continues today. Behind every great piece of jewelry is a great story. Find the perfect gift for yourself or someone special in your life at Reed's Jewelers, your family-owned jeweler trusted for generations. You can visit them online at reeds.com. They have an easy-to-use mobile-friendly website.